Hello everyone, I'm Lexi and I'm Zoe and we are at the University of Illinois Students for Environmental Concerns. Um, welcome back to the sex talk. Today we are going to be talking about environmental racism, um, mostly specifically against uh, black and brown majority communities in urban areas. Yeah, so the Environmental Protection Agency defines environmental justice essentially as the fair treatment and meaningful involvement of all people, regardless of race, color, national origin, or income, with respect to the development, implementation, and enforcement of environmental laws, regulations, and policies. But the issue that uh, different communities are facing is that Communities of color, low income, they're facing um, disproportionate burdens of environmental pollution. And this results from a lot of different things like historical segregation, um, lack of access and economic power, and land use for other purposes. So those are just some of the issues that these communities are facing. Yeah, so we're really going to be focusing um, on that issue today. I want to talk about um, an article that I found from The Atlantic back in 2018 about Trump's EPA report showing that environmental racism is real. Um, I will say this is a hotly contested subject uh, because on the one hand, you know, we have wonderful people in our government who have decided that climate change um, does not exist and that it's not really that man-made climate change isn't real and um, all the fun, beautiful, wonderful things like that. And so it brings up the question of, well, you know, these communities that are facing these health risks or whatnot, is it a question of climate change or just being poor and not having um, the means to protect themselves? So um, the EPA's National Center for Environmental Assessment released a study indicating that people of color are much more likely to live near polluters and breathe polluted air. So this kind of has to do with automobile fumes, smog, soot, oil fumes, um, ash, and construction dust, which is a really big issue because it can cause lung cancers, asthma, heart conditions, low birth rates, and possible premature deaths. So the long-term exposures are associated with racial segregation within black communities in particular um, that are getting the worst of this exposure. So, I mean, it really is an important issue um, that, you know, I think should be talked about more. Right, like, for example, a specific focus that I learned about in one of my environmental politics classes last year is about the area of Gary, Indiana. And so, for example, in this article that I found about from the Hoosier Environmental Council, and I also cited this earlier, the air is so polluted in Gary that it exposes residents to the highest risk of cancer in the nation. And essentially the poverty rate in Gary is 37.4% and the total rate of poverty in the state of Indiana overall is 4.7. So clearly there's a huge discrepancy there, which also has to do with the history in Gary, Indiana, because there was a time period where this um, area of Indiana was used specifically for um, the steel industry, I believe, and eventually that industry left, therefore taking all the jobs with it. And that's where the discrepancies really started to occur with the uh, communities, with people of color, not having the same access to environmental health that they should. Yeah. Um, one of the EPA's reports said that, this is a direct quote from the Atlantic article, they find that black people are exposed to about 1.5 times more particulate matter than white people, and that Hispanics had about 1.2 times the exposure of non-Hispanic whites. The study found that people in poverty had about 1.3 times more exposure than people above poverty. So I think it really 
kind of opens up this uh, discussion of how race and economics are really being affected by not just the basic things that we like think about in our lives, but also um, issues of the environment and how climate change, you know, <laughs> it's this issue of like saying that, oh, well, climate change is, you know, the earth's going to die in seven years anyways, but it's like, how do you get people to really understand that? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that I want to bring up is that this is an issue that I think it has to do more within communities and how as um, a society, we live in a society, um, wow. <laughs> um, how a society can really uh, help these people because as of 2016, um, President Trump uh, brought Scott Pruitt as the administrator for the EPA, which Zoe, you said he's a... He has formerly worked in the coal industry, so yeah. clearly the interests that he represents might not be the same as the interests of other people that want to represent the Environmental um, Protection Agency, so that's definitely frustrating, so that's why it's really important to vote. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Vote uh, 2020. Um, <laughs> so one of the examples of Scott Pruitt is he denied scientists' claims that global warming is being heightened by humans and excessive use of carbon monoxide, um, and also withheld a study that showed that chemicals PFOS and PFOA, which I honestly couldn't find specifics, but they are cleaning chemicals, um, are more toxic to humans than what was revealed. They said that they wanted to save like a societal like panic over it, um, which is exactly what they said with coronavirus. And here we are today. What is it? Eight months, nine months later? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so they're already walking back on um, federal environmental justice work and putting a stop to civil rights investigations, replacing or firing many of the scientists with deep technical knowledge of the subject. So there is this important societal issue of black and brown communities really feeling the burden of climate change um, on just a human rights scale of having their lives lessened, having a, um, they're like not having access to like the proper like healthcare that they need from their health issues that they're getting from these cities yeah. and our national government is not helping them yes like okay another example the northern lake county india in indiana has 423 hazardous waste sites and the highest proportion of land devoted to industrial activity than any area of the state which is not a coincidence as to why the um, environmental regulations of the area or the air quality is poor it's definitely not a coincidence so this is an issue that really affects all of us because although you might not be living in one of these specific communities that are directly affected, it affects you too because environmental justice is clearly not being represented here. So what can we do? Well, this is definitely a complicated issue that cannot be solved with a simple solution. But we have to start somewhere, and the first thing that we can do is recognize that there is an inequality in environmental um, health because everyone deserves to live in an area where they it's safe to breathe exactly and not just recognizing the issue but also at this point we can't really rely on our national government to you know do this work for us i think it really starts at the state level or the state level and the city level and the biggest example of that is the flint water crisis that occurred back in 2014 um, I was looking, I was doing some research currently as of 2020, there have just been a lot of settlements that have reached um, a legal hellhole that's been going on between the city and lawyers and the scientists and the community. Um, but 
overall the Flint water crisis, if you don't know, um, the major details of it was the city changed its water supply back in 2014 and residents of Flint, it's a majority black community with 40% of people living in poverty and they had been complaining about the state of the water um, that it was brown, it smelled, it, it just wasn't, it wasn't healthy. They didn't feel safe using it. And the city denied that it was an issue for months. And they kind of took a wait and see approach. And that um, really negatively affected not only the health of the area, but also just fixing the issue that could have been fixed like within months of it occurring that ended up being something that wasn't fixed until years after. And that's where it's like, we can't just, the national government had to get involved when really it was an issue that the city and the state could have handled, but they didn't because they weren't recognizing that, that they weren't recognizing their community because of exactly. bias. Like yeah. these, there's a lot of long-term lasting effects of these examples of environmental injustice and racism, because a lot of times if there's exposure to unhealthy air or air pollution, it can lead to uh, worsened health issues such as different types of cancers as we've seen with other um, uh, accidents like mm -hmm. for example Chernobyl exactly the, the horrible nuclear accident like these things have long-lasting effects mm -hmm. so these are definitely things that we should be considering when we're talking about environmental legislation and policy yeah and it is a serious issue and this podcast, um, as you know, is really just a way for us students at the University of Illinois to just talk about our environmental concerns and really kind of get the uh, notion out there and the message out there so that people become more aware of kind of issues that we might ignore in our everyday lives. Yeah. Okay. So we'll be back sooner than later, I'm yeah. sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so keep an eye out for future topics and episodes. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so we'll see you next week, uh, whether it's us or some other people in the club. You'll hear from us later.